Uh, how many of you, I don't know uh, if this is something that you guys regularly do, uh, how, or have been under listened to, how many of you ever like listened to, heard of, or participated in anything that you would say doesn't really matter day to day? For instance, like, have you ever learned long division? Yeah, so we've all heard like, long division. Uh, maybe memori- memorizing the president. Anybody ever memorize the president? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, have, do you guys still do this in like STEM or science where you put an egg in some sort of like box that can like keep the egg from cracking from like an atom bomb and you like drop it? From like a five-story building. Anybody ever done that before? We're doing it tomorrow. Dang, they must have like it must have been like a height thing. I don't know why they don't do it anymore. We're doing it tomorrow. Any uh, any zombie apocalypse preppers in here? Any what? Pre- yeah, preppers usually don't identify themselves as preppers. Uh, but has anybody ever like c- conversed about maybe like hey, what would you do if zombies happened? Like no, ever conversed about that? Never. Okay. Some of us. But, hey, think back to Long Division or the president dropping an egg from a five-story building but trying to keep it uncracked. Uh, we all, and if you're in any sort of education system, homeschool, public school, private, no school, and you're on your way to jail, uh, whatever it is, you're all in different areas where you're going to hear things that don't really matter day to day. Does that sound fair? Some of us like learn how to write in cursive in third grade, and they're like, you're going to use this. And then fourth grade happens, and your teachers are like, stop. Like, I can't read it. Just, just use, just, just print. Hey, just wait till you own a business and you write in cursive. Game changer. Yes, game changer. Because everyone still writes in cursive. I, I type in cursive, actually. My whole, my, whole, my whole notes are in cursive right up here. Easy. You guys are on one tonight. But, hey, I'm going to argue that if we looked at your life, if we'd probably even look at my life, uh, most of us have the same sort of reaction uh, and relationship to the scriptures and the person of Jesus, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Most of us deal with the same way that we deal with long division. Like, you'll converse about it. You'll, like, uh, maybe even go to small groups and talk about it. And uh, you'll learn a little bit about it, and then you actually won't, like, live any different day to day. Your life in other regards towards the scriptures and in Jesus, you'll look at it as irrelevant. Uh, the same way long division is in my life right now because I have a calculator, praise the Lord. Uh, so, for instance, Ephraim, come up and sit right by Kathleen. We're going to have a long night if that continues. Uh, the past five weeks, we've been in the book of Colossians. And we've been hearing about who Jesus is. been hearing about like uh, who created the world, how he created it. Um, how we're to know him. We've heard truth proclaimed. But uh, I would argue probably most of you leave Wednesdays, wake up on Thursday, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of that that we talked about actually, like, plays out day to day. Like, that's, it's really great to, you know, talk about Jesus in a small group, maybe hear things about him, participate in singing. Um, but day to day, it's kind of like just irrelevant to my life. It's a little bit like long division, it's a little bit like conversations about like a zombie apocalypse. Uh, but tonight we're going to transition to chapter three, and Paul's going to lay out this reality that what you believe or what you don't believe 
about Jesus actually changes, changes the way that you live. So whether you, what you do believe about Jesus or what you don't believe about Jesus actually changes the way that you live. So if you've placed faith in Jesus, I know that's not all of you, so I'm not lumping you in a sum, but if you've placed faith in Jesus, it actually has massive implications on your day-to-day life. It isn't like long division, praise the Lord. Uh, Jesus actually calls you to things like each day. Uh, so if you're here, you don't believe in Jesus, you're like, I'm not really following him, I'm just kind of sh- here, I just showed up tonight. Uh, let this kind of just be the reality um, of what it means to follow Jesus as you process like his lordship in comparison to your own lordship. Because what we don't ever want you to do is try to pretend you're a Christian or a follower of Jesus and not be, because that's like a dead person trying to act alive and it's just really like toxic. You'll end up hating everything to do with Jesus and the church and it's just not good. So just please just weigh the own claims of Jesus as you like process where you're at. So Colossians 3, phone Bibles, real Bibles, or Bibles in the sky, Colossians 3 verses 1 through 10. You guys are going to stress me out if you're holding hands the whole time I'm teaching. Yeah. Super weird. <laughs> Colossians 3, verses 1 through 10. Right up here, Colossians 3, 1 through 10. If you got it on your phone or your physical Bible, it says this. Remember, this is Paul talking to a church group of Jesus followers he's never met. But it says this. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. He put that one in there for Tom. From your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So Paul is calling us to put some things to death. Happy Wednesday. Uh, He's telling you to put your old self to death. Uh, Anyone feel like Paul is just kind of out to get you in this passage? Uh, First couple of chapters, he was like really encouraging. He was like, here's who Jesus is. Here's who you are. Like, I'm so thankful to be partners in the gospel. He's kind of like pretty encouraging. Uh, But now like he starts to bring up like sexual morality impurities, evil desires, covetousness, which is like you coveting, idolatry in general, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk, which I know none of us do. Uh, like, you didn't have to call us out like that, Paul. Like, you could have like just relaxed a little bit on all of these like too close to home references that you wanted to do. Uh, maybe you're in here and you're like, he's not at all talking about me. I don't do any of those things, especially the obscene talk that has not ever come out of my mouth. Besides maybe Christian cuss words that I'm allowed to say around my parents. Let me help you out. Let me help you. If you're like, hey, Paul's not talking to me. Uh, Paul's hitting at the ways in which that you, like not the person next to you, not your friends, but like the ways in which you objectify people on social media through either lusting, coveting, or flaunting your own stuff where you're like looking at what they have and wanting that, where you're uh, 
not just like wanting and like, oh, it'd be really nice to have that, but like, I really wish my life had that sort of thing. Uh, or the ways that most of us kind of like do like these like weird humble brags where it's like our parents bought us something and we've put it on. So now it's like, I don't need to make sure everyone else I have these new fubus or uh, filas. They're basically all the same old school shoe that's like now popular. Uh, so, or maybe you're like, hey, I actually don't do any of that. It's just maybe you have like a spam Instagram account because I guess that's a thing nowadays where you like just participate in like the slander and gossip of other people uh, where you like elevate your ways that you're superior than them and you're just like kind of pointing out all the ways that they're just like not as cool as you. Uh, maybe for some of you uh, that just have like are a little bit more like me and have just like really bad anger. The ways that you get annoyed about those that are different than you. Uh, the like unsettling reality that there's actually people in this room that struggle to be in small groups together. Like Paul's talking to, and get, keep, remember, like Paul's talking not to like outsiders who have not at all conversed about Jesus or committed, like not like, who have committed to follow him. He's talking to Jesus followers. He's talking to like a group of people who have committed like, hey, I'm following Jesus. And he's laying out the reality that even us in here who would identify like, hey, yeah, I'm like, born in the second pew of the church. Like, I'm a Jesus follower. He's saying, even in you, uh, you've got some of your old self still in you. Uh, one older guy put it this way. He says, Paul is telling the Christian who's rejoicing in a new relationship with Christ that if he looks within himself, they will discover just what is earthly in them. That is the seeds of evil, vile things. And I think this is kind of hits a nail on the head. Yes, even in the heart of an established Christian are the, are the makings of an idolater. If you can think about idolatry, it's where you worship something other than God, just plainly. It can be something silly. It can be something big. Um, it can be something good. Uh, so he, he kind of goes on like, hey, this is who you were. It's understandable for you to act this way. Uh, but you walked in these things, and you didn't just lie. So you didn't just do these acts of sin. You were a liar, <laughs> It's like one thing to be like, oh, yeah, I, lie. I, I, I lied, I was upset. But he's like kind of calling you like, no, you're a, you were a liar. You didn't just like covet, you were like a coveter. You didn't just like lust, you were an adulterer, a fornicator. <laughs> he's not like really holding back any punches. Uh, he's like that really mean friend that's like saying like your wrongs in front of your parents. And you're like, Paul, stop. This is not going to go over well. Uh, and I just think about like this passage, and I think about my life of six years into following Jesus, I know I don't look that old. I look like I had junior pictures yesterday. Uh, but I'm six years in, and, I, and even last night I was talking to Heather, like, man, like, I still have these things that, like, I was enslaved and addicted to that I knew were eating my lunch and, like, terrible for me, like, terrible for my soul, terrible for my relationships. And I still feel six years into following Jesus, like, alert to them. Like, I want, like, I want to go chase after them because I think they're going to satisfy me, even though I know that they won't. But Paul's now transitioning. He says, but now, if you're in Jesus, you must put those things to death. Your old self, you got to put it to death. And so I think if someone says that, it's like, cool, like, put it to death. Like, how? How can those of us who have placed faith in Jesus put it to death? Look at verse 1 and 2 again. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ. Remember, that's important. If then. It's not all of us in the room who are kind of like all on different walks and journeys with Jesus. But he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, 
He says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Uh, has someone ever told you guys not to do something? Like, hey, I just made a bunch of cookies, but just don't eat them. And it's like, ugh. If I, there's like 36. If I eat one, she's not going to know. Or, uh, for instance, let's try this. Uh, don't smile and don't laugh at me. At least like half of you are laughing and the others of you are smiling. And like, you're, a, a lot of you that are like, I'm just really tough. What do you usually do when someone tells you, when someone says, hey, don't do this? I do it. I, I, unless you're like one of those like kind of like more like just defaultly nice people by like nature of birth. I don't know if Heather's ever sinned. Uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, if you're anything like me, when someone says, hey, don't do that, in the back of your mind you're like, I now want. I, I do it. Most of us, uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just out everybody in the room, probably most of us have in some form or fashion reduced Christianity down to you not doing a certain list of things. Uh, you're just kind of following rules because your mom said, like, that's what Christians do. Uh, yet you find yourself wanting to do them time and time again. For instance, okay, I know I shouldn't look at that. Oh, my goodness, I'm looking at that again. Okay, Tyler said I should not participate in that type of talk or slander about my friends or about people in the room or people not in the room. Okay, I'm doing it again. Okay, I know I'm to prioritize following Jesus. Oh my goodness, I'm prioritizing everything else besides following, like all of us. And I, let me, let this, if you play that card out, at best, you, you re, you've reduced Christianity down to you not doing certain things. At best, you're a Pharisee which, unfortunately, Jesus had his harshest words towards. And at, and at worst, you're actually enslaved and addicted towards everything that you said you would not do. When you make the aim of following Jesus not doing things, like you're, you actually don't accomplish anything at all. And this, this passage actually lays out the process by which you and I, who are imperfect, prone to sin, battling with our old selves. Like last night, I remember like, I know I'm teaching on this. And I'm like feeling alert to like, Things that I know aren't going to satisfy me. Things that I know that are toxic for me. When you, <clears throat> when we have all, like, Paul says this. He says, not like, hey, here's what to do. But instead, he tells us where to seek. If you look back in verse 2, he says, see, set, or verse two, he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And then verse 1, he says, seek the things that are above. Why? Set your mind and seek. He could have said, like, hey, here's what you do. Here's, like, a list of do's and don'ts. But he says, no, set your mind and seek. And he's just laying, he's laying out this, like, hopefully it's not confusing, but he says you basically laying out the idea that you worship, you'll give your life to, you'll aim your life at what you're beholding. So what's in front of your face, what you're aiming at, you're going to end up worshiping, worshiping that, whether you knew that or not. Uh, and I think about so much of us have set our life and vision of our life um, on things that aren't going to last past high school just really want them to like me. Let me like frame up my whole life around them liking me. Then you leave high school and you're like, I don't ever see any of those people. Uh, or maybe it's not as trivial as that and it's something else. We've like set up our lives around us acting a certain way or not doing things and all that's not really going to last. We live for momentary pleasures or comfort. And this text says, hey, that's totally understandable if you're dead in sin. But if you're someone who's identified like, hey, I'm trying to follow Jesus, like, imperfectly, but I'm, I'm trying to do that. Uh, it's actually like 
time for you to act alive, alive. I thought that was like really helpful that Deanna was like, hey, what does an alive person do? Well, they breathe, they like speak, they act, they like, I don't know what else she talked about a live person doing, but like both physically being alive and spiritually being alive, like actually like have um, really helpful metaphors of what it looks like to be alive in Jesus. So there's all of us in the room, but some of us are in here and like Jesus really has like made alive and that's some of you in the room. You felt his presence. You've responded to his call to follow him. But then we, you just kind of stopped feeling him. You left camp. Or uh, life got boring again. You went back to school. And now all you do is set your minds on things of earth and wonder why you're living like your old self again. So you hear a talk like this and you're just like, well, I don't really know how to not be my old self. Other us, others of us, we've just been dead uh, maybe we've like played the church game where uh, you, knew, you know the answers, but you still walk in what this text calls like uh, the old self. So sexual morality, passions, evil desires, idolatry, anger and slander, abusive speech towards others. And I think with just that being a reality for some of us in the room, it's, it's helpful to ask, like, how is it working out for me? Dead in sin, kind of living my own life, making, choosing my own adventure. How is that working out? Is it, is it satisfying? Is it delivering on what the satisfaction it promised me? So, if you remember that very first thing I said, if you ever like, listened to or conversed about or been involved in something that really doesn't matter day to day, is this just another one of those things? This idea of following Jesus, this idea of God in general, is this just another thing that like, day to day, like this is cute to do like, a couple times a week, we can talk about it, we can like, converse about it, but day-to-day, is, is this just another thing that doesn't really matter? Like, not just like you tell me it matters, but like, ask yourself, like, does this really matter? What's at stake, you know, if this is just another thing that you hear and it doesn't matter to life? Uh, one pastor says, if you make peace with sin and settle down with it as an accepted long-term partner, you show that you are not united with Christ. This is just the idea that if you make peace with sin... You've accepted it. Like, hey, this is how things are. Sin's going to continue to reign in you, but it's actually going to bring about destruction. So this idea of not being united with Christ, it's also a real reality. It's, it's, it's not some sort of like fantasy reality. It just means that before a real and holy God, you will stand before and give an account for your life. And this God who's really good, his, his holiness and his goodness is actually bad news for those of us who choose to reject him in here. And not just like, hey, I'm, not, I'm never rejected God with my mouth. Like, talking about your whole life. Like, if you're, like, able to see your life and be like, no, nah, we've actually seen you, like, reject him. Like, you're living your own way. The first step towards union with Jesus, if we're talking about following him into being alive, is you being honest with yourself. And let's just get to the good news. Uh, when we're honest with ourselves, honest enough to like be honest with Jesus. He's not like, okay, you get yourself right and you start to act alive and then we'll like start walking together. He's like ready and willing to receive you even when you're playing church games, even when you're just kind of putting off your false self to your parents and to your friends in here. Like he's actually ready to like receive you just as you are, not put together, like prone to run to sin.
And he just actually asks you to lay down your old self and cling to him. He's inviting you to himself. So he's asking you in this whole text to let go of your life, giving you the gift of repentance. So big churchy word, repentance is you turning around from one way of life, turning to another. Um, it's where you actually like just admit, like, I'm a pretty crummy God, even when I like try to pretend I'm not. So 